Welcome to How To Be A Dad, a Dad's Net original podcast. On today's episode, look, this is your new home. Oh, I, I, do you know what? That's, that's about the fifth take of that, and every time I've almost had to stop because it's choking me up, just remembering the moment we brought Alfie back. Oh. <clears throat> and breathe. How to be a dad podcast. Hi, how you doing? I'm Al Booth, and I'm the dad of a three-year-old son. Daddy is a bum cake. And a one-year-old daughter. Mum, mum. Say daddy. Mum, mum. Say daddy. <coughs> Over the next few episodes, I'm going to be talking to men like you and me about what it's like to be a dad. From the very beginning, I mean the, the very beginning. Well, you know, when you find out. Do a few months down the line. Hello. So yeah, this episode is all about, I guess, going from the life you knew before um, and there was no child to just there now being a child with you. And nothing's changed when you walk back through that door. You know, the furniture's the way you left it and all, everything is the same. It's just, it's almost as if you've you've been away for the night and you've come home, but you've just got, <laughs> you've got, a child with you and they're now part of that ah so weird thinking back to it so let me have a think about what we did well Kerry and I my partner and I we were engaged and we knew that one day we want to have a child it wouldn't be too long but we hadn't started trying so we did that thing of going let's create a love how the house how we want it so we've got a cream sofa we've got cream carpet painted the walls all white cream curtains. Um, it wasn't too different from John Lennon's Imagine video, but it just didn't have Yoko Ono or a big white piano. And then all of a sudden we brought a child home and uh, nothing remained cream or white or unbroken ever again, I don't think, to this day. And the thing about this podcast, I've always talked about this, is that we all have the same experiences because we've all just become dads and we've all got that in common. But by the same token, everybody's experience is completely different. How to be a dad podcast with Al Booth. Um, so on this show, you are going to hear from Benji. I love it. Like literally, she gets she gets a rap every morning. I put the YouTube on and I stick some beats on or whatever. I put her on my knee looking at me and I'll be like, Callie, we wake up in the morning. The sun is shining. The birds are tweeting. Yeah, she loves it. And then I do dances for her and stuff. You're going to hear from Tom. To begin with, I really struggled and I knew there would be struggles. So I think the fact that people don't know that and aren't prepared for that, I think it's a bit of a shame that there's there's not more there for dads. And you'll hear from Shane. Brother didn't have a top on when I saw him and he picked her up like that and he held her. The latch on straight onto him and started biting trying to suck it in his nipple because he's a big lad. There you go. I don't think you can get three more different experiences uh, certainly not in one podcast as you are about to hear ah you've got a new baby congratulations that's ace news um now don't panic because all it takes to look after a baby are these three things you need to feed them you need to change them and you need to protect them from germs to help keep them healthy and then you're pretty good to go um we're going to be talking about all these things on this podcast but before we dive in, I just wanted to let you know about something that is going to help you keep your baby protected from germs and and just live in that healthy baby bubble. 
Milton, the expert in baby sterilizing, has sponsored the How To Be A Dad podcast and they are all about keeping you safe and your baby free from as many harmful germs as possible and just about having a healthy family. They have a plant-based hygiene range that includes a baby bottle cleaner, antibacterial wipes and spray, plus a foaming hand sanitizer that's suitable for babies from three months. And all the Milton antibacterial products kill 99.9% of germs, including coronavirus. Google Milton to check out the full range of products because we think they're just going to make life so much easier for you. And let's face it, when you've got a newborn, it's an amazing time. But anything that you can do that will give you a bit of an easier life on very little sleep is definitely something we recommend. Oh, one more bit of advice. Never, ever think, do you know what? We'll just get more wipes and nappies tomorrow. No, that is a big mistake. So let's kick things off then. This is How To Be A Dad, the oh, you're home episode. And this is Michael. Yeah, the drive home was, I felt a mixture of euphoria and sort of woolliness as well. Hmm. It's, it's almost a dream. Because you built yourself up to, to, yeah, you obviously knew the baby was coming. I did feel the responsibility, but obviously not until you bring him home. That's yeah. the thing we all feel. And then it's like, okay, <laughs> this is all new. <laughs> and just having another person in the house, that, that, that was how it felt. I didn't feel kind of wobbly. To, I thought I might feel a bit tense driving, but uh, I think I was in autopilot by then. And so they sort of one by one, the penny drops. Oh, okay, this is, this is the rest of your life now. Yeah, that is the moment, isn't it? I think there is that when you get home, because yeah. home is so normal. Yeah. I think that's the thing. And you're in such a normal situation again in such an extraordinary situation at the same time. It's mm. so strange. How prepared were you for... Yeah, you we, we were, like, yeah, we got the, we literally got the cot uh, the week before because we oh, thought, wow. best, best not hang about. Might as well have it already. <laughs> so obviously my first child, probably last child as well, it wasn't a complete shock to me that the whole thing of <laughs> this one staying is <laughs> is obviously the big difference. So Yvonne's family are Hong Kong and Ireland. Yeah. So no, so and your family's around. So what was it like those early days of finding Kobe home and and sort of no family for from her side around? And- um, she kind of made peace with that. She she knew that was the way it was going to be. I think that's probably what was at the back of her mind. So yeah, I have to give her a lot of credit for being realistic and, and looking after herself, which you've got to do. Uh, yeah, being a being a mum, I mean, yeah, being that we're talking about being dad, being a mum is like exponentially more involved. <laughs> not not as in being a father, but I mean the actual what what, what it affect how it affects your body, how it affects Yeah. Oh you yeah. Know, literally affects your body. Whereas us personally, uh, even lack of sleep, you put it I'm I'm in a bit of, I'm a night owl anyway. So lack of sleep has never really it affects it on far worse than it affects me. Uh, and to be honest, especially during the early days. She was the one who dealt with that mostly because she was breastfeeding. Um, but again, this is the whole thing of being a, a man is that you don't necessarily understand. And I talked to a breastfeeding expert for the podcast and it was only when I spoke to her, I was like, I actually, I might have a third child so I can get it right this time. It, it's difficult because he wasn't plain sailing with us either in terms of um, milk production and whoever, I can't remember who it was, a nurse afterwards, it was almost like they were frustrated that she wasn't producing enough milk early enough. 
it is like just like you say it's hard for us to empathize because it's like part of me the my logical part of my mind saying well as long as he's feeding either way bottle or whatever it doesn't matter i know there's a psychological thing to it and this bonding and everything it's not like they didn't bond yeah. and the same you know with the breastfeeding is like that things don't always work exactly how they're supposed to Although the other thing that happened, do you know the, the red book you get with your child? Yes, of course, the famous red book, yeah. The thing is, right, he was born small, but he's also Chinese. Now, the book doesn't take into account that Chinese children do not grow or are not as big or as heavy as Western babies. So he was always at the bottom of the curve, and they were always, uh, they were always looking at her, thinking, are you sure you're doing enough? Are you sure you're feeding them enough? And yeah, that was that was kind of a little bit of a. I, I was always there to reassure Yvonne because we knew that because at the end of the day, this book isn't meant for us. We're a different race, and there are physical differences between it. I'd never even thought about that. That's massive. Mm. Mm. They were doing their job. They worked mm. numbers, right? And unless they're told differently, they will deviate. But it was frustrating in a way. But I, I just, every after every each time this happened, I would just say to Yvonne, yeah, ignore it because he was a perfectly healthy little boy. Yeah, you talk, I talked to my mum and she said, oh, no, no, he's, he's fine. And my mum had five of us, so she knows. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. I wouldn't say that um, played on my mind, but you, you knew that it was kind of not beyond the realms of possibility if they deemed that he was not healthy enough. And it's an old scale as well, if you, if you look at it. Yeah, it really is. I can't, yeah, I don't understand it. No. It's like the whole BMI thing, isn't it? It's based on just one average... Yeah. thing that the whole human race mm-hmm. should have to yeah. adhere yeah. to. Yeah. We talked to them and said, you do realise what Charlie is, don't you? Kind of, <laughs> I've never it, thought how daft it is until I've had this chat. It felt like a big deal when we were going through it. Now, Michael, in an earlier episode, talked very briefly about um, discussing a doula, and I'd never heard of a doula. Uh, so, one of the specials we're doing for How To Be A Dad podcast is talking to the naked doula. Um, If you're considering a doula or you want to educate yourself if you're having another child or you're about to have your first, um, on Instagram, at the naked doula. uh, It's eye-opening. Her account is eye-opening. And she's going to be on one of the specials for How To Be A Dad, the podcast. So keep an eye out for that. Right, let's get back to How To Be A Dad, the podcast, episode five. (laughs) This is your new home. And this is Shane. How To Be A Dad podcast. You, obviously, you don't even realise, do you? Oh, we need to get the baby's room ready. Well, you don't because your baby sleeps in a cot next yeah, to you exactly, for ages. Yeah. We one foot out of the bedrock and all like that. And it weren't so... We had most ready. And what were lovely, our dog, our boxer dog, Rudy, would, would like read books and thought, what should we do? And listen to what people said. And we, we took Rudy outside and she was a big girl boxer dog, big, beautiful red boxer. And... We took her outside. We we had the the Isabella in a baby chair and in a, in a car seat, and we left her in the car seat outside the back of the steps of the house. We put her there on our drive, and we let Rudy, our dog, run out, and we we walk with her first to make sure she's all right, and then we literally just come away, and I just we just let this big bounding dog get to know her new little sister and she were it, she were a week old and Rudy were how old Rudy were Rudy was say two year old and we just let her she sniffed her licked her feet 
and it was just it was lovely and we've done a lot of things like in life where you think you just got to go with it you, that were our gut feeling to do that right whether it was right or wrong or indifferent yeah, yeah. don't know but it were amazing because rudy looked after isabella isabella were walking so early because you know like you have them trot, um, baby walkers yeah. yeah rudy was her baby walker <laughs> she climbed on her and rudy would stand there and wait and then she'd walk slowly and isabella would and that's how she learned how to walk with the dog wow unbelievable the relationship they had were <laughs> unreal unreal but it's again it's that showing show it you know showed her how to walk and led her the way and it were that's how it happened that's how it happened that's, that's, that's how she learned a, that very a little bit jungle book yeah <laughs> she did look like normally as well still does no, no, no. totally different with the gina and i just skipped out with her because i'm like hey i've done this before <laughs> yeah. and i loved that i had two girls i just loved it i don't know I th deep in my heart i just thought i always knew this i were always going to be surrounded by mm. girls i always knew and um, and Anne-Marie had just said, you know, breastfeeding, then um, onto formula, then onto the bottle, in that order. Somewhere, I don't know, I don't know how many weeks, I can't remember. But it was, I always remember Anne-Marie saying, um, reminding herself and me reminding her that there's no rule, there's no right or wrong, forget that. Just, that's... Super nanny. We had her books and we're reading her books, but so many times I got a book and I was throwing it against the wall and I was like, oh, I can't believe her, she doesn't know. No. So you set your bits where you can and it's like in life. I just, you know, we said, we've always been together on everything like that and we just said, you know, simple, you do what's right for you. That's it. There is no right or wrong. There is no right or wrong. You give you a case where somebody's been bottle fed from the beginning. You can give somebody a case with a breastfed till the three year old. You, you, and, and, and you can do whatever you want. Statistically, you can show this, you can show that. And so, at the end of the day, it's you that matters as mum. It matters that if you're happy and you're healthy, that's what's going to translate to your baby. And that was our belief. And touch wood, hopefully, it's been right. You know, we've got two wonderfully healthy girls. And um, it's, you know, that, and it was the same with 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 Isabella pretty much the same pretty much the same it was there was no right we're gonna I think Amory she had it inside her that she wanted to go so long right. because she wanted to breastfeed for so long not just it's the bonding as well it's all that and it's how much you're comfortable with bonding what's your pregnancy been like because it's different for other people and so definitely Amory did the, the breastfeeding and definitely she went on to formula and then definitely we went on to the bottle and it was great because i got to do the, yeah, the bottle as well exactly yeah it was great one thing i did i did like and the, the great thing about breastfeeding one of my funniest things that i ever noticed and you, you know stories you hear one of my mates pete who's our godfather i remember when he was straightening straightening like my dad i was dead proud of me dad i'm reading there yeah bath there you go clean them there you go you know and it was there was no and I remember Pete was a, Pete's a big lad and he, um, there's a thing with my mates, never wear any tops, <laughs> nobody wears a top. Brother didn't have any top on when I saw him and then Pete were doing, um, I think it was Isabella's bum or Gina's, doing the bum 
and then whoever I think it was, was it Isabella or Jean, I can't remember which one, but funniest thing ever when he picked her up like that and he held her, the latch on <laughs> straight onto him, straight on, and started biting, trying to suck it in <laughs> his nipple because he's a big lad, and I was laughing my head off. He went, ah, ah! And literally latched on. I'd never done it with me. And I thought, I said, oh, look at you with your breasts. Uh, <laughs> and it was brilliant. So, we, but we did. We, we, that's how we did it. That's how we did yeah. it. And, and it were, I got to be part of it all. That was nice because, you know, in the night when you're sitting, you right, okay, who's doing that feed? Who's doing this feed? I loved it. I loved it. Getting up in the night and, you know, just I love the fact that I'm watching I'm really sleeping and I think, oh, great, it's my job now, I can do it. And we did that thing as well that they said when, you know, when when your baby sleeps, sleep with your baby. Yeah. Sleep as in yeah. go to sleep yeah. yourself. So for the first yeah. two weeks we were, I, I remember it was like as soon as either one of them, when they went to sleep, it were, right, let's try and go to sleep ourselves. More so with Isabella first because yeah. when you, you know, when you've got another, you've got <laughs> yeah, another exactly, to deal with, yeah. haven't you? So, it's a bit yeah it's a bit different then though yeah I, I just I would I just love that feeding time and because you get to sing and you know and, and just 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 talk yeah. we've always talked that's something we've always done always done that since they were born always talk to them openly I remember when Isabella were first placed in my hands that first time and just talk to her never been Obviously, we've treated them like babies, but we've never spoke down, if that makes yeah. sense. Always just, we've never googie yeah. googie goo We never did that. We just had a chat. We've always talked to them like we would anybody, a friend. Not like the grown-up, not at all. Not like an adult, ever. Just talked. Just always been. And I always did that when, when they were both born, just just chatting away like the, you know, the my little mates. And, just, and it's always been like that. And I think... Again, it's that things that you you do, you know. You can't turn the you, you can't well, you can't turn your, your your clock back ever. It's impossible, but you can do things differently in the future by learning. So I feel lucky, lucky and blessed. I listen to myself, and when things were hard, you thought, like oh, about the table. There were girls eat we at the table every single night. We had one fri on Fridays with they, they'll come and eat some pizza or chicken nuggets and watch the TV. But every night we have dinner at the dinner table. It was just, and it were hard work at the beginning. Right. It were hard. Oh, getting to sit there, they want to kick. Oh, it's easier to stick them in front of the telly. And, but we never did. And I just think all them things that we did from being young, being new parents and, you know, I just kept thinking, oh, it's going to be hard. But we talked to each other a lot. I'm reading myself. We thought, just keep doing it. Just it is hard, but it'll pay off. It'll pay off. And then when you look back, I think if that's one piece of advice I could give to anybody is, if, you know, advice is anything, it's, is the things that you do do matter, massively matter, because the more time you put in, like anything in life, the more time you put in and really lay those foundations, massive foundations to everything you do and explain why you're doing them, like eating at the table, like when you're feeding and them little conversations, talking to your baby when they're still in, in, in the mum's belly and, and all those things and 
encouraging the siblings if you have them to do the same and and all those things i think that's to me only my i can only say from my experience i can see the results of that now i can see it and i can see that i look at my girls and think i love the fact that you're you're so polite and people say wow your girls are really polite and i think great and i don't pat myself on back but i just think i feel proud and i think well thanks to my parents and my grandparents because i hopefully do the right things you know i open doors for everybody and i pick up litter and i'm respectful and i'm polite and i do all what i think is the right thing because i would that's how i've been brought up so i'm only trying to you know do what i think's right and it's lovely when you when i when i see it and i just i look at them and i just feel so proud of them but then i see how they are with others then with other little ones or with there were dogs there were little dogs that we've got now they just i see that same yeah that chain, chain reaction kind of thing and it's like oh yeah i can see it react like you know that effect i love that i love that shane from like day one started using his child as a dog training exercise as well just thinking right you're home now you need to earn your keep that's it let's save some money somewhere uh right the next dad that i'm speaking to for the oh look this is your new home episode is benji you don't experience anything like it do you like your first child coming and the realization is completely changing instantly now um so yeah i think that that experience there i'm still kind of going through to a degree like i'm still going through the kind of thing of wow i can't believe like we are where we're at right now no, I know what you mean. I still, so even after four years, I've I've still got a thing going. Are these my children? <laughs> just in that way, because I'm like, because obviously you grow up throughout life not having kids, and then all of a sudden you've got them, and it's just yeah, you have to like pinch yourself. So I don't I don't know if you ever get out, grow out of that. I don't know. It's strange, isn't it? Totally. How did you feel mentally with it? Because it it's there are certain I know for me there's certain moments that have been quite overwhelming and yeah, being first time parents. People were dropping dinners at our doorstep for maybe maybe about four weeks, five weeks. We had a someone made a rotor and they said, We're gonna cook for you every day and you never you're not gonna have to cook a meal for a month, a month or two. So we had people dropping dinners off at literally every day at the doorstep, which was lovely. And that really That's amazing. Made, yeah, it made such a difference. Um and that that was so special. I mean the amount of cards we had and people sending gifts to us like you know, with notes saying, we, I know we can't see you, we can't see you on a Sunday, we can't, but we're thinking of you and, and congratulations and stuff. And so I suppose it's, you know, rough with smooth into, in terms of yeah. what we were able to do and, and, and get. It's opening up a little bit now, you know, she's three months and there's a lot more able to do now and a lot more people have come round and that side of it's got a lot better. I'm not going to big myself up, but I'll big Shirelle up. Um, she's just been amazing though, like, I just in one thing that is just you know amazing is how much of a good mum she is from the minute Callie's come out she is blatantly like just loves her daughter so much and she's so good just never never can do enough and um and you know she's she's been she's breastfed from the get-go as well and she's just so effortless with that and she's 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 been she's helped she's really helped me as well because I've been I'm like and she's just so measured and calm and like organized and stuff. And so she's been amazing. She's just just a great, great mum. She's gonna be a great mum. I love it. Like literally, she gets she gets a wrap every morning. She she 
I, I put the YouTube on and I stick some beats on or whatever. I put her, I put her on my knee looking at me and I'd be like, Callie, we wake up in the morning. The sun is shining. The birds are tweeting. And she's just like. Yeah, she loves it. And then I do dances for her and stuff in like, like in the morning as well. Like I put her on the bed and I'll just be stupid and just, I wanted to grow up to have some flavor, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, completely. You know, Roald Dahl, the author. What a legend. He, he made my good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think it's Danny, the champion of the world or something. And he oh, said every, oh, every. That's, can I just say, that is my favorite Roald Dahl books and stories ever. So, right. yeah, see, I think it's it's in that one where he says every child deserves a sparky parent. And there's something about having kids that just lets you off the hook. You yeah, know, you can you can it, dance around a supermarket if you've got a child in the trolley. And yeah, yeah. it's great. No, no one's going to really think anything like. Yeah. To, just think you're a CBeebies presenter or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but like you say, just like, you know, wanting them to grow up and have a bit of personality. That only comes, I think, with with showing your own, doesn't it? And just kind of. Yeah, I mean, before Cali came, I, I was on my own little journey anyway, from from kind of like street life, coming out of that, growing up, maturing and stuff, and, and then becoming a Christian and stuff. But as that journey's continued, um, I feel like that whole thing about being responsible and kind of like feeling like you've got to be, you know, more so of a role model now. Like you don't have to do certain things to be somebody that people think you want, they need you to be, you know? Um, and that includes kind of, if I was kind of, if I was portraying that, like, oh, you know, I need to be like this because society is going to accept me a little bit more. Kali, that's what you have to do. You have to kind of like be someone else a little bit and to, for you to be accepted. I did think that at one point, but um, definitely not now. Um, and and yeah, it's just been all about kind of perspective, a change of perspective and about Kali, I've wrote like a load of songs about Kali and uh, how she's made me change my thinking already in certain areas. And and I do that. So when she grows up, um, I'm going to store all the stuff away in that. She, I can, I can, I can show her that. And I can be like, oh, this is what you were doing to dad. You were melting my heart, but you were also kind of like wising me up a little bit. You know, um, it's something to teach her as well for when she's a little bit older. Can you yeah. hear it? Yeah, I can hear it. I've heard her all throughout. It's brilliant. <laughs> so good. Kicking, She's looking. so content, isn't she? So content, right? Are you a happy girl? She's a happy girl. <laughs> she she smells an awful lot though. <laughs> they do. How they're so small and make such a big mess. It's yeah. crazy. I'm sorry that obviously she's done a poo. How to be a dad podcast with Al Booth. I'd love a wrap for breakfast. That sounds ace. Uh right, there are many things that make us all the same. I think I've just tagged a line from the Blues Brothers there, I don't know. Um, and we're finding that out in this podcast, How to Be a Dad. But also there are so many things that we all have our own individual experiences. And it's it's only as I've talked to all these dads that I've gone, oh, I'd forgotten about that or I hadn't even thought about that in that much depth. Um, this is Tom. And Tom, I think he's probably the first dad really to voluntarily um, talk about mental health. And that was certainly something that affected me more so with my first with Alfie than with Sienna, our second. Um, yeah, so a bit of a trigger warning here. I think it'll be okay. But this is Tom talking about when his little one came home for the first time. You go from being number one to number three. You're the bag carrier. 
I used to call myself the bin man. All I do is empty bins and carry bags. You go and see the, the mother-in-law, the mum. It's how's Rufus, how you can, and like the door hits you in the face as you come through. No one cares. <laughs> yeah. They don't, right? And that's fine. No one asks you, how are you doing mentally? I don't know what we know about mental health now. I think that is shocking. No one, there's nothing there for guys at all because it's massive. And, I, and I, most guys I talk to, they have that, you might have that instant bond when you then start going back to work and going real life until they start to crawl or talk kind of thing. So maybe it can be up to a year. I found up to a year, 18 months, tough because they don't give anything back. And I think it's mm. different if, if, you know, if you're the woman, you've carried it and stuff like that. And people bond. I think guys, you're going to go, oh, what a kid, I'm going to play with my kid and do this stuff. You might have images. I'm going to go play football. And, and I've, I've definitely improved as a dad. I found it easier in the last year or so. But to begin with, I really struggled. And I knew I was going to struggle. I knew there would be struggles. So I think the fact that people don't know that and aren't prepared for that, it shows how I think people can struggle. And most guys I've talked to have the same struggle. I think it's a bit of a shame that there's, there's not more there for dads. As I say, precursor, mum and baby's health is most important. But bearing in mind that you're a partnership, you're a 50-50 partnership. It's a shock to the lot. Yeah, completely. And and I think same, yeah, same with Alfie. I was always thinking, oh, should I be feeling more or should I be? Because they, <clears> like you say, they don't give anything back. And I remember Kerry being back at work and me having Alfie and just being, I remember sobbing because in fact, I went to the doctor and I got, because I've always had mental health issues and suffered with depression and anxiety and went back to the doctor and said, I'm not coping. And, you know, I kind of, but yeah, just getting really down. And now it's weird. But yes. like you say, in that first period, you don't know. Yeah. And like, why am I yeah. letting a baby get me down? Because it doesn't do anything. <laughs> no. But I think that's probably it. It's like, because there is no logical way to, to comprehend it, is there? There's no, right, if I do this, here's the solution or there's. You know, I used to, my week used to go boot camp on a Monday, rugby on a Tuesday, coaching, coaching and stuff. Wednesday, boot camp, Thursday, rugby, Friday, then was maybe romantic night in with the missus, watch some rugby on the TV. Maybe Saturdays, you'd have a day out or you might have a weekend away. And you know, that's going to change, but the fact that you then can't do what you want when you want. And you, mm. again, you know, this is coming, but I knew it was coming and it's still a shock that you have to adapt, but you go from, I think that the tension, you don't get the kisses and cuddles you might use to get because, well, the other half's knackered they haven't slept properly or the baby needs feeding or the baby's the most important thing again that is right but i think sometimes bearing in mind the is the fact that you've got a whole other person in this relationship that gets no attention like even in nct really they, they dashed a little bit but there wasn't really that extra i think there needs to be that next level of, of stuff and the other one similar to yourself i sat down one night and similar to yourself i started getting upset and crying and stuff and i was like i think i need to go and see a doctor and she's like, what do you mean? I said, I'm having the most horrific, vivid images of bad stuff happening to him. Yeah, dropping yeah, in, tripping yeah, in. Yeah. And like, yeah. but not just that happening, but, you know, the aftermath of that happening and being horrifically, morbidly, grotesquely graphic, like a graphic novel. I can't even say the words. And Kat was like, me too. Me too. I was like, what? And we sat there and talked about it. And again, the more people you talk to, the more you find out this is perfectly normal. Yeah. How to be a dad podcast thanks for being here for this episode of how to be a dad the podcast um now in a perfect world so when kerry and i bought our first house it's a new build so we went to the show house and obviously in all show homes they have uh you know the photo of the married couple and then there's a photo of a little baby and all this and you go hey this is the life we're gonna live it's all shiny and new and perfect and then you buy a house and as we put cream things in it you realize that handprints and baby vomit and you know erroneous nappy explosions mean that buying anything that is a light color is a bad idea um 
but also, you know, not everyone has that starter home or, or the way that you would start your new life with your newborn as planned, as Will discusses here. It's nice to talk about it now because how far I've come and how far, you know, my family has come. You know, there was times right at the start where it was difficult, obviously. I mean, when Gabe was born, like I was still living in that flat. <laughs> so it's gone from me and my mate thinking, oh, you know, what can we do with this place? Let's have loads of fun. <laughs> to then, you know, nine months later, two more people have moved in. <laughs> That's my partner and my child. So yeah, and then obviously us four living with each other in this flat, you can imagine the kind of, not tension, but you can kind of imagine how difficult that probably was at the start. So your you mate know? was your mate became sort of like a surrogate parent, ultimately al- almost yeah. overnight, right? Yeah. So obviously that was hard for him as well. Yeah. Um, but again, but yeah, like I say about the identity crisis. You know, I go from one room, you know, being there with Armani and Gabe, who's just been born, and then I can walk into the next room and the mate's there on like you know on his PS4 or whatever, and I can play there with him. So again, I was still kind of struggling with this, like, what is this? <laughs> this is so difficult. And it wasn't only until we got our own place where we kind of started to like, or I really started to like focus solely, you know, on the family. My identity started to like change a little bit just to being like this, just being a dad now, really. How to be a dad podcast with Al Booth. This is the episode all about uh, you've found out you're going to be a dad. You've planned the pregnancy. You've gone through the labor your partner had um, and you've, had the next few hours days in hospital and now it's time to bring the child home however um for this episode is mainly focused on the firstborn of course if you've got more than one child you'll have done that before and the fun thing about that is that your firstborn then gets to meet the new child that they're going to share their life with and they love that spoiler alert they don't love that uh here's dave he's from hall talking about the first moment that he brought his little son home and just the effect it had in their family life they've both got um, an allergy to the protein which is in milk unfortunately so we had to get um made up powdery stuff uh, on prescription from uh, the gp uh just because they're allergic to the protein in milk uh reuben obviously with his kind of deformities if you like uh couldn't latch on so He had to have special kind of teats on the end of his bottles and things so he could suckle and because his jaws kind of sunken back quite, not quite far, but noticeably. So he he had to have kind of adaptive equipment and things for that. Uh, And Ella just didn't like mum's milk and we tried on kind of normal formula that you buy from the shop. She didn't like that. She kept throwing it up, getting colic and stuff. So we had to go to the GP because she's got a milk allergy. So is that how they they found it out then? It wasn't in the hospital. It was was just... An ongoing thing. Yeah, yeah, kind of. Yeah, because we kept persevering with all these bottles and stuff. It's just, you know, like the exorcist. Just like. <laughs> <laughs> you know, she came up with milk rashes and all kinds of oh, stuff. So it was like, yeah, get her to the doctors. And then she had some special kind of formula that absolutely smelled vile. <laughs> See, that's the thing, isn't it? You kind of, this is what this podcast is, is evolving into. It's that thing of there's so many elements of being a new dad. There's a lot of known unknowns. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Completely. Like both both <laughs> our kids had tongue tie, um, which I'd never heard of until oh, Yeah. Yeah, Ruben's got right. that. Right. So yeah, so Alfie, our oldest, just wouldn't latch and I think it took about four was it it was the fifth health visitor that came round and went, Oh no, he's got and we were like, What's tongue tie? Because I thought tongue tie is when you do like Peter Piper pick to pick of 
peppers and all that. <laughs> yeah. I was like, hey, how do you know he's got that? Have, have, have they snipped it then? Or yeah, yeah. Like, and, 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 oh, okay. No, they snipped, they snipped it, but he, you know, breastfeeding was gone by then. So he was just formula. And our daughter had the same thing and they caught it fairly early. But it's, it's one of those things that they don't, you don't know about until it's there. And you go, what? You don't know until you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They had to leave Rubens because he's um, got uh, hypermobility, so he's got really high, yeah, low muscle tone, sorry. So they had to leave it because of his air pipes and things. They're sunken and whatnot, and he struggles to breathe and all kinds of stuff. He's just got a pen in his hand, sorry. He's attempting to draw on the walls or something. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, but he, other than that, he's absolutely fine. What was Ella's reaction? Well, Ella and Mason, what were their reactions to having a new one? Ella plays with dolls and whatever else anyway, so she just thought it was a living doll. Right. So she was like, oh, can I feed him? Can I be gentle? This, that and the other. And now they'll just rip each other's hair out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it, gives, it gives as much as he gets, so bless him. Yeah, they took to it quite well, to be fair. I think obviously there's going to be a some kind of adjustment disorder with them. They're going to challenge him a bit more for attention. They're going to be wanting this, that and the other. Uh, just to make sure that you know that they're still there. Yeah. So there's going to be a few more tantrums, a bit more screaming. Uh, but on the whole, I think they've been pretty good. Uh, you all have the moments, don't they? But I think I'm, I'm a bit biased when I say this, but they're, they're, they're great kids. Yeah. Are you coming to say hello? No. No. How to be a dad podcast with Al Booth. This has been How to be a dad. Welcome home, little one episode. That time that you brought them back for the first time and then life has never been the same since um in the next episode the sixth episode well how to be a dad sounds like it should be giving you advice on how to be a dad it's not as you'll have heard it's more anecdotes than advice but how to be a dad episode six is just taking people's thoughts more so it's dads we've been through it here's kind of a tip my only advice love them now that sounds brilliant, but when they're breaking, they've got their hands all over your TV or they're breaking ornaments or they're ruining your settee, loving them sometimes doesn't get things fixed. But anyway, we'll find out in the next episode. Uh, for more information on parenting or if you've got something to share as well, go to thedadsnet.com. And do remember, if you've enjoyed listening to this, and I really hope you have, please give us a five-star rating. I know we shouldn't ask. I know it's not very British or polite to ask, but hey, podcast world now uh you can subscribe as well and leave us a review would love to know and then i think other dads will also get to hear and hopefully together make life a little bit easier and if not well it's cheaper than all meeting up in the pub isn't it i'll see you on the next one for episode six how to be a dad a dad's net original podcast